Good afternoon, everyone. It is time for the second part of our seminar. So we just wanted to uh, let you know we're going to kneel and uh, say a prayer right now as we get into things. And um, right now, what we're going to be doing, just to let you know, is more of a practical aspect. At first, we looked at the principles, and now we want to get into the practical of why um, and how we can become um, effective media missionaries. So let us kneel and say a prayer, and I will just ask God to be here with us as we go into this presentation. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to serve and to, to get to know you better. And we just ask in a special way that you would please impress us about um, what we can do in, in a practical way to advance your gospel, Father, so that you know in this digital age, everything we do will be glorifying to you through the tools that are used so frequently, like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, um, you know, filming, all these different mediums by which uh, souls can be reached or, or blessed. We just ask that you would give us intelligence and wisdom to effectively use that which is within our grasp. Um, make us faithful in the little things, dear God, so that you can be uh, allowing our work to expand in the greater things. We thank you so much for this opportunity. We praise you and we just glorify you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, once again, I just want to let you know that this seminar is not really like a sermon. It's really conversational. Um, it's just going to be basically a bunch of things that I do and uh, I could recommend you doing for, you know, having a media ministry going or just getting something going that will be a blessing to other people, um, to, you know, reaching other souls through the Internet and through film. That's going to be the two places we're going to be focusing on the most. But I want to start off with a Bible text and that text is found in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And Habakkuk 2, 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. Very simple text. Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. And this is kind of a, a, a principal text for what you want to have any media ministry that you're involved in or any media outreach you're involved in to kind of reflect. You want it to be plain and simple, uh, making what we believe the three angels' messages as plain and simple as possible, as well as the fact that you want it to be understood relatively quickly because people in this day and age don't really want to spend so much time getting deep into things. You know, you'll notice that usually YouTube puts like a 15-minute limit on their videos. And there was a study done that says people don't usually want to watch a video that's much longer than 50 minutes, so 15 minutes. So um, the text is kind of saying, you know, that he may run that readeth it. So somebody running by really quickly will be able to see it and just and know. And, and you know, that's kind of how um, the billboards are these days. They're designed to like get your attention while you're just kind of running down the road. And, and, and actually, on my way up here, I, I spent a 21-hour drive coming up from North Carolina, and I saw on this big sign, you know, I kind of was trying to ignore them just to stay focused on the road and stay awake. But then, as I was coming up the road, I saw this huge sign, and I just saw, like, SDA, and that really caught my attention. I was like, whoa! And I saw, it said, um, unlocking revelation, you know? And in one of the states, they were doing some outreach, and it said... Uh, I, it said the name of an SDA church. And I was like, hey, that's awesome, you know? And literally, it was as effective as what this text is describing. 
Um, I, it got my attention right away and I was running down the road and I was moving really fast and I was able to see it. And so kind of keep that in mind as you think of different ways to do um, evangelistic outreach on the internet or through film uh, as, as, as we um, go through the presentations here. So one thing I want to say is that media evangelism or online evangelism works. We're going to start off with online, then we're going to move to uh, film. It indeed works, and I can testify one of the ways you know that works is uh, the success of Audioverse. In fact, right now this presentation is being caught, recorded for Audioverse, and definitely we know that it has been a success. Many people around the world have been blessed. It's been a continual growth, and it's one of the awesome, most awesome ways you can uh, introduce people to Jesus because when people get behind a computer, they feel a little bit more free because there's that uh, element of anonymity. So people are more inclined to inquire about things. And so you can send a sermon to somebody online and um, maybe they wouldn't want to go to church. They wouldn't want to show themselves in church. But they listen to a sermon and if it makes sense, they'll be impressed by it. You know, they cannot help but be impressed by it. And nobody will know that necessarily. But um, it's just an awesome way that you can get people to inquire or inspect the gospel and they can feel like safe, like, oh, you know, nobody's going to know really that I'm listening to this sermon or whatever it is. And if it does make sense and touch their heart, which obviously the Holy Spirit and the angels will do, it could be an awesome means of bringing them to the truth or bringing them to that position where they can be um, reaped by the truth. And so Audioverse is an awesome way, you know, shameless plug of something that we're using right now uh, for that purpose. But there are so many other um, tools to be used. And so today we're just going to talk about different tools. We're just going to go through some different um, things that you can use. There's Flickr, YouTube, Facebook, Dig, MySpace, Friendster, Reddit, StumbleUpon, uh, Delicious, Dell.eco.us, and there's Meetup. Um, all effective means. Uh, there's just so many things. I mean, I don't even use like half of these. I just use a couple in my personal day-to-day um, -day use and, and even, you know, evangelistic promotion and stuff like that. Uh, you can basically choose what you want to use and, you know, hone things in. We're going to look at a couple of different uh, social media tools today. But the main thing is you want to know who you're trying to reach and kind of what your purpose is in trying to reach them. Are you trying to invite them to an event? Are you trying to just get a message out there? And there's different tools for different uses. Um, I, I can give you an example of Facebook working. Uh, not too long ago, I had a friend who was a uh, strict, strict, uh, adamant carnivore. And she's just like, you know, although I'm Adventist, she's like, I am serious about being a carnivore. Like, there's no one that's going to take away my meat from me. And she just is really, really, you know, adamant about that. And, you know, she's she, great spirit, but she just, that was just something that she was not going to question. So one day, to our surprise, we, we saw that she posted on Facebook. And I can tell this story because I got permission. She said, it's official. I, blankety blank her name, heretofore a proud carnivore, hereby declare that I will become a vegetarian. I need to become a vegetarian. Pray for me, y'all. Sighs heavily. Right? So, so, so she's, she's making this, this, this pledge to become a vegetarian. And you could feel that there's you know, some kind of uh, a lack of surety there. And so we were just all kind of blown away and surprised by this. So, you know, everybody kind of likes her statement. But then, you know, um, somebody makes a comment, the first comment, and then somebody makes another comment. 
um, just kind of encouraging her and asking her a question. But then the third comment is what's really interesting because there's a third comment and then the person says, you will feel so much better, right? And the person that chimes in is Doug Batchelor, you know, the worldwide evangelist, which is just like, what? You know, he's got like 5,000 friends. He's like reached the cap limit of friends on Facebook, but he just decided to chime in. And I said to her, I was like, listen, you know, it's one thing for us to tell you, but when a worldwide evangelist lets you know that you need to become vegetarian, that's conviction. You know, and she's just like, oh my goodness, it's true, you know. And so she was just really trying to, you know, kind of, um, you know, be encouraged. Um, she, she, she was trying to avoid the situation, but she, now she, she was like basically locked in. And she was like, I can't, I can't avoid it now. The Doug Bachelor told me I need to be vegetarian, you know. And, and it's just, you know, the fact that Facebook on the feed Everybody can just see different comments randomly, or maybe there's some algorithm. He just jumped in and, and you know, gave her that little bit of encouragement, and it helped. And she's now one of the most awesome vegan chefs that I know. So um, the Lord is blessed through Facebook. He can, he can you know, get a message across. And so all I'm trying to say is that you can use this tool for something good. And I'm sure there can be um, you know, people led to decisions uh, to follow Christ. And there's actually a website that says that's something that they, 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 they do. Um, I, I do want to throw this out there on Facebook as well, though. When you're using Facebook, you can also go the opposite direction and kind of be, I don't want to say extreme, but there's a lot of people who post quotes and, you know, Christian materials and stuff like that. And then like stuff like this. This is not witnessing. You know, this this picture with the baby that says back off devil I belong to Jesus like some of you have seen this right that's I wouldn't necessarily call that uh, effective uh, evangelistic media outreach right um, you, you, you don't necessarily want to post up things that are probably trite um, because and and frequent what you want to do is you really want to pace yourself and what I found is that when you say something What I found is that when you speak rarely or, or from time to time and from the heart and you say something profound uh, that you really mean, people tend to be more interested as opposed to, uh, you know, you're always posting like some quote or some picture, you know, or like footprints and then like five minutes later another thing and then it's just like this string of things. People will tend to just kind of tune out if there's kind of no, um, it's like, your 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 what you're sharing is not really heart based like it's something you feel and then you you just share it as opposed to just you know taking pictures and stuff like that from other walls to encourage people while those do help it's better to pace them out like you know one or two a day or or like like maybe even once every two three days because what happens is you if you just keep posting things it just kind of gets jaded and it doesn't seem like it's it's genuine from the heart you know and I, i've just noticed that when I've done it every so once often, uh, every so often that people will just come, come and say, hey, this is, this is interesting, you know, and they'll send you a message. And I'm talking about non-believers now. They say that that was interesting. I was, I was, you know, thinking about what you wrote there and I've never really seen it like that or whatever. They won't post on your wall, but maybe they'll send you a message and just say, hey, that, that, that touched me in a different way. So keep that in mind. Don't overdo it and try to be... Um, from the heart, you know, and, and, and intentional about how you're trying to outreach through people. One of the most awesome ways to reach people is email. Uh, simple email. 
answering questions. Often I get questions about the Bible through email, and that's one of the, uh, I love answering questions. Um, you can definitely have an email ministry. And actually, there is a company that basically has put together a series of studies showing how effective online evangelism is for email. Um, the study done by uh, Global Media Outreach, and they're saying some really amazing things that internet evangelism works, and particularly email. Um, this is one statement from one of the uh, workers of that company. It says, these findings are remarkable because they reveal that online evangelism isn't just an in-the-moment decision, and people continue to grow in their faith after they have indicated a decision. Um, that's the chairman of Global Media Outreach saying that basically uh, in 2010 alone, they believe they've led 15 million people to have a relationship with Jesus Christ just through the Internet. 15 million people, they believe. They've led to a decision. And, and the way that they really are convinced that this really does work is because 51% of those surveyed said that they shared their faith three times or more and 37% said that they've shared, shared their faith at least once or twice. So of the people that did accept Christ online, let's say, 51% of them said they shared their faith, you know, and they didn't keep it to themselves. So that's, that's one of the greatest evidences. Actually, there's a quote where Ellen White kind of uh, brings that out. She says, when one of the first signs of conversion is that you want to share your faith with others. And so what's happening here is these people are, you know, accepting Christ, you know, let's say they're atheists, and then they're wanting to share right away. And that's one of the ways that they were knowing that internet evangelism works. So the internet can just be an extension of yourself. And um, don't think that it's fruitless when you get involved in that kind of uh, evangelism. So I just wanted to give you some examples. Like I said, email is one of the most effective ways. And this company, you know, they'll hire you to be like an email evangelist to answer questions online. You know, and people are searching for God. People are searching. Um, Google... Google lets you know that the, the, the most popular website in the world right now, which, which is amazing. I mean, Google, <laughs> they're so interesting in how effective they are. They have replaced a word in the, in, in, in the dictionary with the name of their company. No other company I've, have I seen has accomplished something in the same way. Well, I've seen it, you know, like maybe, maybe Kleenex or something like that. But um, like that's when you know you've been effective. Google... You, people don't say, I need to go and search for something anymore. They say, I need to just go and Google it, you know? And so um, there's, there's definitely a demand for search. And in that, all of that searching people are doing, there's definitely a demand for searching for spiritual things. And so uh, you can definitely take advantage of that aspect of uh, outreach because people are, 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 are looking for God. So um, in email... As I was saying, there's definitely um, some, some awesome things that you can do. Uh, like, I'll read you an example here of an email that I had with a friend. And he was saying something to me like, he says, Hey, Noamiko, what do you think of Proverbs 9 verse 2? I'm curious to know, what's your point of view on this? I'm really just checking to know what you think. And then I was like, B, hey, how are you doing, man? From what I understand, wisdom is like a wife that prepares food for you and you get before you get home. She does stuff for you. She gets a meal ready by killing the animal herself and adding water to what ancient folks uh, used as a grape juice mix. That's the, the whole mixed wine line 
in Proverbs 9 verse 2. And I think there might be some prophetic meaning there, but I don't know if you want all that too. Um, and then he responds and he says, oh, well, I was just curious, you know, and this person is not a believer. He's uh, uh, believes in the Bible, believes in Jesus, but he's not necessarily of our denomination, of the Seventh-day Adventist denomination. He's like, I was just curious to, you know, because I love to eat meat, and yet I still feel drawn to the Word of God and all of its meaning. However, I've come to understand that there are details or debates that are pointless when it comes to our faith. So sometimes it's really much more about convictions, you know? And then I said and responded to him, um, put your conscience at rest because wisdom isn't a person or a state of... Let me take that again. What she said was, what he responded, what I said was in my response was, put your conscience at rest because wisdom isn't a person but a state of mind. Steaks, states of mind don't eat steak. And so I continued, but yeah, I agree that some things aren't worth arguing, but anything in the Bible is worth discussing. 2 Timothy 3.16 So if there's a question about something physical that can affect our walk with God, why not address it? Oh, man. And then he responds, Oh, man, that's an awesome sentence. Ha, ha, ha. Nice. Mm, amen. So well said. Arguing, discussing. Wow, dude. Thank you. You really are an encouragement to me every time. The way you answer things is not what I expect it to be, but every time you find a way to address my questions in some of the most loving ways possible. So I just responded, all glory to God, brother. When we get back to our town, maybe we should hang out for a sec. Stay on fire. So it wasn't like he made a decision for Jesus, but you know his heart was warmed in an email interaction that basically can lead to you know another Bible study and, and, and uh, a blessing. So very small example, but this is kind of the way in which we can use email to, to be a blessing to other people. And I'm, I'm, you know that's not rocket science, but um, definitely something you can consider using if you know um, you have people in mind and you're not necessarily wanting to maybe talk to them in person. Uh, maybe they wouldn't be as comfortable about talking to you about spiritual things in person. Email is an awesome way to do it. You can, you know, really make yourself sound like a scholar on email, even though you're not, and pray about the answer before you write it, and you have a little bit more time to think. So that could be an effective tool for you. Um, after that, I would like to say you can also take advantage of uh, another way of taking advantage of the internet is searching. Um, our World Church has a website called the Adventist Organizational Directory. And what you can do on this website, really awesome, is you can type in your postal code or the area where you live, and it shows up on a map where the nearest church would be uh, in your vicinity. It's an awesome tool, very, very awesome tool. And I've seen it work at our home church in Norwood, um, at Norwood Church, SDA Church in Montreal. One thing that I've seen is that there are people who have, like, I, I think maybe about 10 to 15 in the past two, three years, have found our church just because they were looking for an Adventist church and they just did a search and they just kind of walked in off the street, you know? And I'm like, it's like one of the greatest ways to evangelize. Like, we, we literally had a guy who was, um, who studied with Baptists, and then he couldn't reconcile the idea of an eternally burning hell. And so he had seen some of Doug Batchelor's stuff, and he's like, hey, I like this stuff. He's like, I need to find a church that believes like what this guy believes about hell, because I've studied it, and it, and it makes sense. 
that there's no eternal burning hell. And so he's like, looked up a seven, he just had Seventh-day Adventist church in you know, a certain area of Montreal, and he's like, boom, our church popped up on the search engine, and he just went to our church. So one thing you want to do is you definitely want to see how visible your church is when it comes to search engines. And um, also you want to maybe put up, uh, if you put up a website, you can put a link to this uh, um, organizational directory uh, church search for lack of a better term. Um, a lot of these links, are, most of these links, are going to be on the paper that I'm going to be giving um, out as a handout or it's going to be posted on Audioverse. So that's a really useful thing to let people know, like, okay, where's an Adventist church in your area? And they can, you know, if you have a website or um, even on your Facebook info page, you know, just showing people where they can find a church. I, it, I've seen it work, you know. So after that, there are online churches. Um, for people who maybe you know somebody who doesn't feel like they want to go to church, but they want to see what an Adventist church is like or get the atmosphere or see what we teach. Um, Doug Batchelor's church, the Sacramento Central Church, has an online church membership where if you can't get to the church service in person, they'll set up a system where you can get a membership and you'll you know, be part of Sabbath school, etc. But you'll do it all online, so through video. And they have quite a few members. I don't know the exact number, but they have quite a few numbers as, as of now um, that are online members in different parts of the world. Some are soldiers, some are you know, remote workers um, in different situations. And they you know, are church members. But for outreach purposes, you, know, you can definitely just give somebody a link to a video and, um, or, or, or a live streaming uh, session. And I've seen stories where people who have just, you know, during an evangelistic series, they'll watch uh, a sermon that was broadcast live. And there's different services you can use in your church to do this. Seeing a sermon that was broadcast live, and then they came to the baptism the week after. And people were like, we've never seen you before. And they're like, yeah, I was watching the internet service. And, uh, you know, when my, I dropped off my mother at the, 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 the evangelistic series, but I went home and I watched it from home. And I want to be baptized now. And they were baptized, you know. So internet evangelism really does work. And um, the, 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 the comfort of the home with the convenience of the internet definitely can be a tool that would be a blessing to people. So it works. Um, this is another website here uh, that does that. And it's, it's got a bunch of churches and church services archived and live. It's called Church Pond. It's, this is an Adventist one as well. Um, so the websites for all of these, SAC Central is the website, saccentral.org, the one for Doug Bachelor's Church, and then churchpond.com is the one uh, that has a bunch of, um, you can say, urban churches, uh, churchpond.com. But there's going to be more links on the handout. So in all that we're doing, I want to say we don't need to reinvent the wheel um, because we really already have the blueprint. Uh, this is a really awesome statement. A hundred years ago, Ellen White said something really awesome. She said, Instruction has been given me clearly and distinctly that charts should be used in the presentation of the truth. And these illustrations should be made still more impressive by words showing the importance of obedience. And so she says, you know, we should, we should make charts to visualize the truth, you know, to make it visual, because people sometimes don't understand things with just words alone. When you make something visual, it, can, um, it, it increases the ability to understand the concept, especially if it's a new one. And so 
um, that's why one of the, the staples of early Adventism was the 1843 chart. And this is a chart you know, that showed uh, a lot of the time prophecies and explained them in a visual sense with you know, the statue of Daniel 2 in the upper left-hand corner. And then you, know, um, you see various numbers throughout the page, like the drawing of the line with wings and then the line standing up and you know, telling a story kind of like of, of, of um, you know, the different prophetic timings. And then, you know, 2520 minus 677 leads you to 1843. And these are some of the, how, some of the, the, the calculations that the early Adventists uh, were using in teaching what they, they understood to be the, uh, the coming of Christ in 1843 and then subsequently 1844. And so what you see here is um, a chart. And it was a powerful teaching tool. People were able to understand this, and that's one of the reasons why the movement swelled so quickly, so largely, because of the visual um, means of the, the, the teaching. The, the, the people that saw it, they didn't only hear it, they saw it and understood that, hey, there's something to this, you know? And it was able to um, get them to understand it a little bit better. And so what's interesting, though, is that now, about a hundred and something years later, after Ellen White's statement, or and like 160 years after the use, use of those charts and stuff like that, you have something kind of resurging in popularity, something called infographics. And they're basically charts, but they're done on the internet. And so here's a, a, an infographic, and it's one, about one on, on the subject of church media, church communication and social media. And it says here, these are the most effective means of church churches outreach so you're looking at uh, t- television 5.8 percent radio 9.1 percent knocking on doors 24 percent newspaper 14 percent social media 46.1 percent and this is these are actual statistics and so like this as you go down this chart it's got you know these colors and it's interestingly laid out and it's got all these different um, tidbits and points and facts that reveal to you uh, some new truth teaching you something simple, something that they want to communicate or, you know, just teaching you something. And so we can use these to actually communicate our truth. Imagine having an infographic for each doctrine, right? It would be a powerful thing, an infographic for each doctrine. And then you can basically just study and, um, you know, put them up on some website or something like that. And then, you know, that, that would be an awesome, an awesome tool. Man, I think maybe... Our ministry might do that. That's, that's an awesome idea. So, you know, stuff like that. Uh, if you're graphically inclined, you know, you can, or, or you can see a graphic designer and, you know, design one where it just kind of lays out a truth and showing the need, showing the problem, why, uh, you know, this thing is not yet completely understood and then, you know, going into the infographics. But I wanted to show you something uh, in terms of the effectiveness, especially as we are here at ECYC, which is East Canada Youth Conference. Um, Ellen White talked about somebody who was very big on infographics, you could say, or charts back in the day. And, and I want you to listen to his effectiveness and uh, to, to where he's from as well. Um, Ellen White says this. She says, Elder Simpson presents the truth as it was presented in past years, illustrating his remarks by means of many charts. He explains the prophecies very clearly, showing plainly that the end of all things is at hand. The Lord certainly works with him, and I wish that there were hundreds of such workers in the field proclaiming the same earnestness and enthusiasm, the last message of warning, right? 
So she's saying, you know, I just wish there were more people with his enthusiasm with these charts, you know, they're just so effective. And how effective were they? Well, listen to what Ellen White says. What else is special about Elder Simpson? She says, Brother Burrell also stated that El Elder W.W. Simpson is a Canadian <laughs> and that such men as he are needed in Canada. He seems to think that it is not right that Elder Simpson should be held in Los Angeles. I know nothing in regard to Elder Simpson's case except that he has been used by the Lord in his work in Los Angeles and that he's been greatly blessed. Over 100 souls have taken their stand for the truth as a result of his labors. So listen, this Canadian guy went down to Los Angeles and you know, Canadians are probably not that popular in the state. Well, we got a couple. Sean Boonstra is one of them. But he went down to the States and then he had these charts and, his, and you know, the Lord just really blessed his work. But as he was preaching, over a hundred souls came to the truth. And one of the reasons was because he had these effective means of communication in the charts, which are basically modern, are, are the equivalent of our modern day infographics. So um, you don't want to uh, negate their effectiveness. And you, you know, if you can uh, reach out to some sort of graphic designer, or if you have graphic design talent, this may be something you want to use. You could just post one up on your Facebook page and it just shows some awesome information in, a, in an interesting way. Uh, as well, blogging is an awesome way to, to witness if you can get uh, you know, um, a page up and you know, I'm going to have the links on the, the handout for different free blogs, places where you can blog and how you can get into them and stuff like that. But blogging is an awesome tool. I've definitely heard some stories about how people of other denominations have checked out stuff uh, and have been impressed by the information put together on a, from one perspective of a person looking at a doctrine or um, an idea in the world that's of a spiritual nature. And it really, really blesses people. That's what really is special about social network evangelism. It really is about you. You are the catalyst for whether somebody else will be blessed. Because you have a voice that no one else has. Jesus wants to literally shine specifically through your ministry in a way that he cannot shine through anybody else. And this is something that's so big. Ellen White says, I think I've been shown over 20 times in my life, let not a man be the reflector of another man's thoughts. That's not verbatim, but it's very close. We are not supposed to reflect the thoughts of another man's mind, particularly because... There are other minds that you are designed to reach. There are certain minds that your personality, your character will reach. And so blogging, um, you know, if you can write stories, or if you're into writing, I'm not a big fan of writing because, you know, I'm more into just getting something done quickly with video editing, etc. Um, if you're into writing, this could be a powerful, powerful tool to uh, communicating the truth to others. And I've heard many stories. So uh, on the handout will be some links to where you can go for free blogs and how to start one. Uh, YouTube, obviously, is also a very, very popular means of communicating the truth. Uh, and error as well, incidentally. Um, YouTube is just replete. I call YouTube the modern-day tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, but I, I shouldn't even just call it that because that makes it sound like it's just a bad choice in general, but that's not the case. Really, it's just, it's just a place where you can find so much good and so much evil at the same time, which is just, it's just so strange. You know what I mean? That you have so much coming out of one place. Um, you can just find like how to's on like anything like, oh, my hard drive's broken. How do you fix a hard drive? 
by yourself and without sending it off to spend a whole bunch of money. And you can find things like that, um, you know, and these, these things are very, very useful, but then you can also find things that are not so useful. And so what you want to do is you want to, and actually much worse than useful, um, you, what you want to do is you want to, um, you know, use YouTube as, as need arises because there's some awesome videos on YouTube that are spiritual and, you know, you can definitely link to videos and everybody knows about YouTube for the most part. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know how to use YouTube. Um, and there's some things that we can do with YouTube that are creative. I mean, think about the fact that we understand what's going to happen in the future. You know, we can, there's ways to make predictions. I'm not, I, I, we're working on a project that is, you know, going to be interesting along those lines. And I don't want to give away too much, but think about that. There, there are things you can actually do to reach out to people through YouTube that will surprise. Um, that also kind of links me to something else that you can do. Documentaries. Documentaries are very awesome tools for reaching the truth. And now we're kind of transitioning to just not, um, not only internet, but to just film media. Uh, you know, the, the truth is, is better than fiction, in my opinion. And there's some quotes to kind of substantiate that, but just conversationally right now, I know that when you see a film, I, was, I, was, I think actually I had a friend that saw one of these movies. I think it was Courageous or Fireproof. And uh, these are, for those who don't know, those are uh, some Christian films that are made in the States, and they're kind of, you know, it's got a, it's a dramatic presentation and, you know, story that touches uh, on family and, you know, simple family value kind of film and, you know, there's actors, etc. And, you know, heartwarming story and it usually gives a uh, part of the gospel message in there somewhere. But the thing about it was I heard that a, an atheist watched one of these films and he's like, oh, that's heartwarming. But it's fake. Too bad. You know, and it's just like, oh, man, you know, that's kind of hard to say. But in, in, in a real sense, he's right. You know, he's like, that's, that's a nice, cute little story about God, but it doesn't necessarily bring me to a deeper belief because the story's written. It's not a real story, you know? As opposed to, let's say, a documentary where someone, someone shares a testimony and that much, is much more powerful to, for the truth. You think about it, they're just like, man, I, and I know that usually I'm more moved when you see somebody just, you know, sharing a story directly to the camera or to an interviewer and they're just telling what happened. And, and, I, and I really think actually that's, that's something that we can really look at um, in, in the Bible. You know, I don't think Jesus said, hey, Luke, let's reenact the fall in heaven. You're going to be Lucifer. And then Peter, you're going to be, you know what I mean? That didn't happen. Jesus just says, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. You know, that's in um, Luke chapter 10. And so he, he didn't really... Um, you know, ask, try to create reenactment. He told stories, told parables, uh, and he described things that happened. And that was enough for the, the in, uh, imagination to take over, um, to create a scene in, in, in the people's minds. And so that's why I, you know, I, I say that, you know, um, uh, truth is better than fiction when it comes to, you know, making documentaries. I don't just say movies or, uh, you know, dramatic presentations. I usually say truth is better than fiction. So when, when you're making your documentaries and you know, you're thinking about what you want to film or, or even uh, films that are not necessarily can be described as documentaries, we should sometimes have representations of you know, things like animations or something. I, I'm, we just finished up a project of a, an animated nature and I'll describe that in a minute. 
But whenever you're doing two principles that I think you may find uh, useful is you want your films or your productions to be like the recommended Adventist diet, right? You want them to be vegan. And what does that mean? Right? In short, in, in very plain lay terms. Number one, no flesh. Number two, no cheese, right? So you don't want to have things of a fleshly nature in your project. You don't want things to go down to a level where they just become very um, degraded when you're, if you're docu especially if you're doing like a documentary. You don't want to get too, too gritty to where um, what you're seeing is distracting and it's of a fleshly nature. You know, you're just trying to get uh, people's minds attracted by, you know, something flashy or, uh, you know, something provocative by, by, by just, you know, putting in things there that don't necessarily need to be there like Hollywood. Or the converse is no cheese, which is just making a product that's not necessarily going to uh, go down that easy. Um, and, you know, you, you think, you, I'm sure you can imagine in your mind, maybe you know somebody that's tried to do an Adventist production and we just have had this interesting history of not necessarily being the most, uh, what's the word? Uh, I don't say relevant, but just just been a stigma there where, you know, usually when we do Adventist productions, people aren't expecting it to be the best. And because it just seems like something that's a second thought, you know, and um, you don't want that with your productions. You want it to be well thought out. You want to pray over it, pray fast over it. You know, that's what we do for some of these productions. We just really get into a zone where we can ask God's blessing and see how it lines up with the spirit of prophecy. Ellen White, um, uh, Evangelism, I think it's page 271, if I'm not mistaken. She says, let the young men originate devices by which to reach those who are both near and afar off, right? And talking about originating devices actually to communicate light. That's what it says. Devices to communicate light. And I'm thinking about all these different, you know, thinking about film, you know. And uh, so there's, there's a precedent there for it, but we just got to use it in the right way with the right approach. And God will bless. So now where can you have your documentaries aired if you do have a documentary film? Uh, one place you want to think about is a film festival. Film festivals, Christian film festivals and non-denominational film festivals and um, just secular film festivals are places where you can all submit your films to be reviewed by people and potentially put into running for a competition, uh, for money, for recognition, etc. These are places that we can get our, 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 our message out and um, I think people will be blessed by them. You know, One thing that's, that's I think I, I mentioned it in the last seminar, is that people are, no, actually, I didn't mention in the last seminar, and this, this, is, this is a pretty important point. People are disillusioned. One of the strengths about Adventist outreach is that people are disillusioned by Christianity, but they are not disillusioned by Adventism. Adventism to them is a completely different creature than what most people are exposed to. We don't believe in an eternally burning hell which a lot of, you know, let's say atheists make fun of. We don't believe in that. We believe in taking care of the earth. We're vegan. So we, I mean, when you really study Adventism, you can see that we can connect with almost every block of society on something. God knew what the world would look like when seven-day Adventists would be around. And so he designed us to be something that can relate to almost anybody else. To the Hindus, we could say, yeah, we're vegan. We, we don't eat uh, animal products. You know, to... to 
the, the natural activists, we believe in you know, taking stewardship of the earth um, to, 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 I don't know, the, the, the general North American Christian. We say, yeah, we believe in Jesus and the Bible. You know? um, to the libertarian, we can say, yeah, we believe in the separation of church and state. Uh, to the Muslims, we say, yeah, we believe in diet reform, you know, and, you know, clean and unclean meats and stuff like that. There's, I mean, when you really study it out, there are so many connections that we have with society. And so you can find, um, through prayer, some creative ways of communicating that and resonating with people on things that we have common ground on to communicate a message and then, by, by God's grace, to lead them to ask a deeper question about something spiritual. Um, or something spiritual right up. Um, and I'll use an example. We just came from, uh, two days ago, a Christian film festival where our film was nominated for Best Original Score, and that's the music, you know? And um, the Five Stone Secret is the name of our, our project, and it just got nominated for that. And, and you know, we had really good reviews, and, and people said some really positive things. And, I mean, in the video that uh, we're going to show, and I'm going to screen it at the end, in the video, people actually... Um, they see on the screen at one point, I can't give away too much, but the, the, the words, the, the, the number 1844 shows up. And, you know, you know, a little bit of Adventist doctrine is, is kind of revealed in our video without saying too much. And so these people still nominated it despite, you know, some heavy implications. And so that says to me that if you make something of quality, people will still, um, excuse me, get the message and be blessed by that. So you want to think about that. And, uh, you know, don't be, be, be courageous in your endeavor, be, be, and creative in your endeavor to communicate the truth through film. Um, you know, one, 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 uh, film that I saw recently was a short film that won another competition and it just moved me so much as to how moving film could be. Uh, I saw that there was this, uh, documentary and it was a documentary of a man and his dog that were um the dog was being put to sleep and it was so sad it was one of the saddest things you've like ever seen you know like the guy's like he's my best friend and you know i'm getting ready to put him down and um you know and everybody's touched by this film because you just watch it and like literally you just want to cry by like the, you know, the eighth minute of the film. It's only like 10, 15 minute film. But people were so moved by this that it won the competition. And, you know, it's just, it was truth. It was just something that happened that was real. And, and, you know, people were resonating with the fact that, man, this guy has to put down this dog. And I was just like, what hit me was I was so jealous for God. I'm like, this guy's, you know, and like he takes him around to his friends, the dog. And, you know, he's like, hey, when you get to heaven, you tell Jesus we're going to see him soon. All right. You told you, and I mean, just like, and these are real moments. These are not fake moments. And what impressed me was I'm like, here's this guy, you know, who's smoking and, you know, just kind of living his life away, looking at his dog dying, and he's all sad. And I'm like, while you're standing there crying over this dog, Jesus is standing there crying over you, you know? And I'm just like, all these people are crying for the same thing, for this one passing dog. But there's human souls that are standing there slowly losing eternal life for whom Jesus has paid and they're passing the same way. And I'm just like, man, I need to maybe even do an answer to this video just to communicate that to people that like broaden your horizons. If eternal life is real, 
Can you imagine what we're missing out on? You know, and so I'm just saying this to, to, to inspire you with the fact that, yeah, it's better to use a documentary. Documentaries are great tools, but there's always a way you can find um, to resonate, you know, because um, God wants to save these souls and, and he's calling us to use whatever means we can. Um, so another thing that uh, will be a help to you in, in filmmaking is uh, accuracy. We have an advantage that is the spirit of prophecy in creating productions. And I want to show you, this is really cool. Accuracy actually is very necessary um, when, when we're, we're, we're doing Adventist production. And I'll show you why in a minute. Excuse me. Elowine <coughs> <coughs> says this in eight, eight manuscript releases. I would prefer... Excuse me, I would much prefer to have no pictures than representations that are not representations, but disfigurements of the truth. This is my opinion. Where is the discerning eye? Better pay double price or trouble and have pictures, if pictures must be had, that will not pervert facts. I wish there had not been an attempt to make one representation, but to send out the book and let it make a place for itself. I call these faces in the pictures and scenes so poorly represented that it is a perversion of the facts. So she's saying, look, it's better to have no pictures at all unless they're accurate if you're going to do it in a book. And, and I, I just relate the same thing to film. You need to make sure it's accurate. And I'll show you an example of this. What you're looking at on screen is a picture of a Philistine soldier in a place called Medinet Habu in Egypt. There are these hieroglyphs that were inscribed. And it was when an Egyptian army captured a Philistine army, right? Now, when you look at this, 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 this inscription of these different uh, Philistine soldiers, which are kind of detailed drawings of the soldiers, what do you notice about the soldiers' heads? They have on helmets, right? And where do the helmets cover? They're not huge helmets, but where do the helmets cover? It covers around the circumference of the head, particularly the forehead, which is interesting, right? Covers the forehead. And so if the Philistine armor covered the forehead, what implication would that have for one of the most well-known stories in the Bible? The story of David and Goliath, right? What implications would it have in that story? Well, Goliath was hit by the stone where? Exactly, in the forehead. So, so how does this work? How did, how did you know, Goliath get hit in the forehead if the Philistines had their armor? Well, this is where the accuracy of Ellen White's writings comes into play. Look at what it says here in Patriarch and Prophets, page 648. The anger of Goliath was roused to the very highest heat. In his rage, he pushed up the helmet that protected his forehead and rushed forward to wreak vengeance upon his opponent. So it's a small deal, but look at that. You see that Ellen White brings out something that when you study archaeology, you may have missed, or maybe people don't, like, like that could be a stumbling block for some people, like, hey, the Philistines had armor on their head, you know, how did Goliath get hit with the stone? You know what I mean? But Ellen White makes sense out of the whole thing. She's like, look, he pushes up the helmet and that revealed a space in his forehead. That's what hit, that's what allowed David to hit him in the head with the stone. Very small detail. But for some people, that could be a stumbling block to not believing the story. And that's an advantage that we have as Adventists in the spirit of prophecy. So I want to encourage you to be as accurate as possible. Ellen White even actually saw what Jesus looked like. And here's a picture of it. There's a story, um, personal testimony from a letter uh, of Abby Kellogg Norton. 
dated March 19th, 1935. And, and, and what she said is that Ellen White said this, yes, yes, it looks as I've seen our Savior in visions. It's more nearly a likeness than anything I have ever seen. And so this woman reportedly was with Ellen White in the house and she saw Ellen White looking at this photo and Ellen White was basically, she's saying that Ellen White basically was saying, this picture looks a lot like Jesus more than like any other picture that I've seen. And so the picture that you're looking at is supposed to be a very similar likeness to Jesus. And that's just awesome because we're going to use that information when we're uh, we're, we're, we're trying to do a, a major project. We're trying to take Patriarch Prophets, Desire of Ages, Great Controversy, and produce each as a 3D animated film, release it in theaters around the world, right? And as a documentary film and release it around the world. And we want to, you know, make the depiction of Jesus as real as possible. And here we have a perfect example, and, and I don't think that's a mistake. So we want to make sure our uh, scenes are good-looking, um, and whatever we do, that it glorifies God. Now, in closing, I want to screen our film for you, the one that just got nominated for that, that uh, Best Original Music. And I want to let you know there's also one last awesome tool, which I'll actually just say it right now, is um, www.linda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. And this is a website which is really awesome. It's, it's got training videos on how to use media in general, how to you know, make a Facebook page, how to make a business page on Facebook, how to, you know, edit video, how to put up a website, how to, I mean, it's got training videos for everything media oriented, pretty much everything that's computer or media oriented, how to use it, it shows you how to do it, you know, and so I'll just kind of not really give that plug, but that's a really awesome resource if you want to start getting into media outreach and evangelism to um, reach different souls. So on the handout, you'll have a lot of different links as well as um, some links to a whole bunch of film festivals that you can submit projects to. And uh, hopefully you're blessed by this. This is really practical, and it's covering a huge, 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 huge area, I know. But hopefully something in there will you know, be useful to you because you have many different talents, uh, and everybody's got some way that they can communicate something else to somebody else, and they have a light that is unique to themselves. So please... You know, pray about what God wants you to do, but do something for the Lord. Pray and use what we have at our fingertips right now. I'm going to say a closing prayer, and then we're going to uh, screen the film. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love. Uh, just be with us now as we uh, separate from here and uh, look at ways we can engage um, this world in, in seeing the truth in new ways, Father. We want our digital devices and uh, accoutrements to not only be extensions of ourselves, but they want them to, we want them to be extensions of you, Jesus. So please bless us this day as we leave from here to be effective media missionaries. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.